0: Welcome to Building with
1: Bluebird, the design and renovation podcast brought to you by Christian Case and Jeremy Thomason, directors of Bluebird Design and Build. Highlighting the do's and don'ts of renovating or building your dream home, this podcast will give you the insider's guide to the home building journey. As well as interviewing other industry specialists, Christian and Jeremy bring their knowledge and expertise to the table for you, the people. Now, let's get into this episode. And if you enjoy, please like, share and subscribe. Hi, welcome back to Building with Bluebird. You're here with Christian and Jeremy, and today on episode eight, we're going to be discussing when to engage your builder and what to expect. And what to expect.
0: So today's episode, I think, is probably probably really asked about question and what the correct process is, and it's all we've touched on it a few other times. But today, we'll delve into it a little bit more and sort of explain why we think that a builder should be engaged at the same time
1: as an architect or designer or very early on in the piece. Yeah, so I guess the traditional model or the way that most people think they should do things at the moment is if they've got their land or their sort of house they want to build or do a renovation on, traditional model is generally go and find an architect whose style you like or a building designer and then start the design phase before chatting to a builder generally. Yeah,
0: I think people get excited and they think that, the correct process is to go out, get a set of drawings or meet with your designer, building designer, draftsman, architect, and get a set of plans together early on because obviously it's normally the most exciting part because it's a visual representation of what you want to achieve, but it can sort of lead to a lot of issues down the track and obviously waste a lot of time if not done correctly. So I think getting everybody, your team together engaged at the same time is the best way to start the job. So engaging that builder either first or alongside when you engage a designer is the best approach to start the project.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if definitely in my time in construction, I've seen that architects and building designers do really struggle to keep designs on a client's budget. So, you know, the last sort of like 10, 15 years, I don't know if that has always been a problem or if it's just because pricing is so hard to keep track of now or the house designs are starting to get pretty crazy. We see around the place and less standardised. So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know, going back before my time, but it's definitely a huge problem. It's rife in the industry now. And it's not their fault either. Their job is to design and create a home for you or a project for
0: you, whereas the builders are there to build it and quote it for you. So
1: Yeah, that's right. Like you wouldn't employ an architect or a building designer to build your house, so why would you employ them to essentially quote it and cost it? No. They're there to design it and come up with awesome ideas, which most of them do a really good job of. Yeah. Same way as builders can't design a house. Like, they probably could, but it'd be a box. Unless you design and build. Yeah, yeah.
0: So engaging a builder from the get-go, I think, getting a collaborative approach between the builder and the designer and getting the teams to work together
1: so that… It's just sort of like starting off… When you design a house for one of our clients, so how do you, you know, they come to you and they say we've got half a million or a million or a million and a half to spend, whatever it is. What's your starting point? Like how do you make sure that you're going to design something that can be sort of close to their budget? I think obviously for us in-house it's a little bit easier because I see how
0: much our projects cost
1: yeah. on the so inside. So sort of start with the size of the house. Yeah,
0: so almost. the traditional model is... Where a designer architect's engaged or this is how we've seen it happen since we've been operating like that
1: design, bid, build.
0: Yeah. So they've designed everything. They've come out with normally a lot of times people will finalize drawings to construction and then come to us. Yeah. Full um,
1: engineering, full architecture. Yeah. So specifications
0: and finishes. Yeah, they've spent up six months designing and getting everything together and then they
1: come to us to cost it and we're like, Oh, that's way off. So yeah. And that could have cost them between like fifteen to Hundred thousand dollars to get yeah. all those documents finalized, and then, as you said, to find out at that stage after you've spent maybe six or twelve months of your life and between twenty and a hundred thousand dollars, it's crushing to find out that you now can't build it for the budget that you ha- allocated for the project. So, yeah.
0: So the way we look at it from our in-house is sort of I'm across our costings as well, so I know that the size of the building first up square meterage. Site characteristics of the site, sloping. Site characteristics. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I've just had a coffee, so it's a bit bit pasty. And And then I'll have a chat to you normally. I'll be like, oh, I've just got this in. I'm thinking this range for a price. And then we sort of have a little discussion and then go from there and see if it's feasible based on previous jobs or square meterage is a good way to do it because the last thing you want to do is design something and then bring the house size down because... Like You have actually pull the finishes out instead of bringing the house size down. So you want to bring the house size down from the get-go so that you've got the correct
1: size house so then you can actually spend some money on the finishes. Yeah, so I guess that's our process and the way that we think it should be done. Whether you're designing with a builder like someone like us or if you're going to an architect and trying to find a builder to work with as well, it's trying to do it in steps so that, as you just said, start off with the right size house and then we get to a point where we get some preliminary engineering and some basic architectural plans that have sort of size of house elevations with materials and stuff and then we do a first costing and that's like stage 1 to make sure that we are on track because with a custom home there's no sort of exact science to it saying no this every house every home is home's different cost that. so it's it's sort of about hitting these stages on the way through doing that first preliminary costing with those documents and then checking in and seeing how the budget Is going. So if we're 20% over budget and we need to pull some things back, that can be done before you get to the sort of as you're progressing to the next steps rather than getting to the end and then having to rip out the nice tiles and the nice tapware and things like that to pull the budget back.
0: Yeah. So that's why you go speak to your builder or your designer and get the team together and sit down for an initial meeting. So, yeah, a bit of a, a brainstorming session and say, this is what we're thinking, this is what we want. We, as a builder, will give feedback in terms of where we're seeing pricing sit and what we think this house will sort of cost a square meter. And then the architect or designer goes off and does their initial concept design. Ideally, throughout that, you want the architect and designer going back and forth with the builder, just having a chat, what they think about things and obviously structure as well. If there's anything cantilevering or some crazy voids or anything like that. You sort of just want everybody working together. So that's why you get the builder in at the beginning, just to help
1: out. I think it is about, as well as just saying you're going to get the builder in early, it's about having a designer that will sort of listen as well because if you probably remember, we used to do this when we were first trying this process back in the day many years ago, there was an architect we were working with and we would do these preliminary costings with the architect and say, we think we're sitting about here, but that was off maybe four or five pages of drawings, like yeah. a site plan, a floor plan, maybe some elevations, but very limited detail. Then we found that that architect would go off and document just without any holes barred, just go hard, like putting in huge concrete structures and crazy tile set outs and tiles and just things like that. Just thinking that that first figure was going to cover it no matter what they did with the drawings. Yeah, which is fine as long as you've got the budget to cover it. Yeah, Um, but it's just about sort of checking in all the time and making sure that as you're then moving through the process that, you know, blowing the budget by what you're doing from this first stage through to the second and third. Yeah, and that comes with experience, I guess, and just really getting that team to work together. Yeah, getting the team who actually really cares about the process because they know it's going to provide a really good result at the end yeah so at the end of the day you want to get your builder that's work and the
0: designer that's striving together to get your project off the ground because the last thing builders want to do is price a job that doesn't go ahead and same with designers and so that sort of leads us to where we get engaged as a consultant from the get-go we're engaged basically like a an architect or a building designer or certifier. Or, or certifier. So, yeah, so it's essentially you're engaging a builder to work in this and actually spend some time on it because it happens quite a bit in our industry where the builder, the a client will call up, send through some drawings and just expect the builder to quote it. And a lot of guys do, they just do it for free. But then the client will get three, four pages and there's not much detail in it. You don't know how accurate the prices are, if they're actually fixed price contracts or anything like that. Yeah, and then they just send it back to the client. and They might not have ever met the client,
1: and it happens a lot. So um, yeah, I think that's the other reason to get the builder on as a like a trusted, I guess, consultant. Make sure you find someone that you can work with as a consultant and someone you trust. But if you're sort of going through the traditional method of sending your job out to three, four, five builders in some cases, oh, we've, had 10. we've heard of <laughs> yeah and you're just looking for the cheapest price, you know, you get what you pay for and you're probably going to end up with rubbish. But There's always someone out there that'll do it for cheaper. Yeah, but from the builder's point of view as well, if they're not getting paid to quote your job for their time and they know they're quoting against five other builders, they're probably not that incentivized to do a very good job of quoting to make sure that all the numbers are accurate and a lot of the time they'll put in a lot of PC and PS, which are provisional cost and provisional sum, allowances for things that they haven't adequately costed or estimated, and that most often leads to problems when you get into the build phase on site. And it's not because they don't care or they're um, just not really into it. It's more the fact
0: that normally on site most of the days and then they're quoting at night and they're just trying to knock it out real quick Yeah, and sort of, yeah, just win the job, but also trying to just manage their day-to-day processes. So engaging someone early or engaging a builder to work for you it makes them actually want to I guess show that you're invested for one in the project and you value their time but also you're wanting to they can actually spend some time on it because they're not actually doing something for free like a hundred hours easy goes into these quotes that we provide clients so it's not an easy
1: service. No Um, and to do it properly as you said there's hours, like hundreds of hours that go mm. into a quote to do it properly. Especially and if you're going to do a full scope of work, yeah, so a full a,
0: breakdown yeah. of prices, talk to all your subbies about what's been included. Also going through drawings, reviewing them. A lot of the times like we're finding, unless you've engaged someone to fully detail the job, a lot of people skimp on drawings, which yeah, it's that's a whole other episode we can go into. Yeah. But normally if we don't have enough information, we'll go through with the client. We've got checklists and I know a lot of other builders around the place do as well and just try to tick off a lot of these items that are missed on drawings. So they've sort of got to be compensated for their time because they're investing a lot of time into it. It's not a simple, let's slap some numbers together or just throw an estimate, especially like at the moment, what do we, May 2022, like prices are shifting very quickly. Like You could be able to sit on a price for six months, I don't know, two years ago and you'd get maybe a slight variation. Like now you can have 35% increases. So getting someone engaged that's getting paid, and so they should the same way. You're paying for drawings, yet some people skimp or think it's odd for a builder to be charging to give a quote, but yet they're giving you a breakdown of your house. And and they're
1: the one that's going to be building it. It's on their
0: license. It's like There's so much to it. People think just because other builders don't charge for it or they um they do this thing, yeah, just charging for a quote and it's like, well, no, it's not just a quote. It's It's a a full
1: it's a whole service. Yeah, it's a full proposal. Like we're reviewing all your drawings, making sure And to um, make sure that from the start that your project will end up at a budget that you're expecting to spend, not that you'll get to the end and then have to spend more money on redrawing. So it's sort of it is an investment in the process. So I think clients should, I know a lot of the ones that we've spoken to value it and they they end up having a really good time because it all sort of works out in the end rather than getting to the end and not being able to build the design. So yeah, at first
0: I think we had a lot of pushback from it, but I think if you explain what's involved and it's not a simple, hey, give us your drawings and we'll go quote on it. Yeah. It's let's sit down, go through it. Can we substitute a few things here and there? Yeah. Yeah. Can we bring your price back into where you need it to be? And then we can sit down with you, the designer as well. Like it's all about working for you. So spending this little, little bit of money up front can save you a lot of issues down the track.
1: Yeah, I think clients should think of it as an investment rather than feel like it's another fee that they're being yeah. charged in the consultancy period. A small investment of between like depending on the builder and how much time they're gonna put in the size of the job, it could be anywhere from a thousand dollars to maybe four or five thousand dollars if it's a big job. Mm. But to think if you got all of your documentation finished, architecturals, engineering, as we said before, that could cost you between twenty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars. If you get to the end, it's well over budget and you need to do serious redocumenting, how much money is that gonna cost to have your plans completely changed and reviewed? yeah or well, either that or your project managing, you have yeah. to be on site and say, Oh, I need this to be here, and that yeah. to be there like yeah you're be wa- well in excess of the sort of consultancy of the cost of the builder to help through the design phase, so yes, it is definitely worthwhile, and not only the money, there's a huge time component as well, so if you get to the end of your design phase and then realise it all has to be redesigned, you could be looking down the barrel of another three to four to five or six months. Yeah, especially like say an example of that is
0: say you don't engage a builder, they go through and they quote what's on your drawings and then you get to site, then it's not on the plans and you want something and you thought it was in there and they've just given you a five-page quote. How are you to know that that item wasn't included or not included because they haven't spent the time to go through it with you or talk to you about it. So that could be a variation which would chew up that consultant's fee like straight away. It could be doubled easily. Yeah, yeah. And that's That's just on one item. So you're better off engaging someone from the get-go who's going to be invested in it. They want to succeed as a project and they're, they're willing to spend that time on it.
1: Yeah. And I think that ties us nicely into our next point of just another reason that you should find someone to work with from the start. And it's not its not only about those financial reasons, but it's also about if you've worked through with a builder from the beginning, they know your job inside out. Yeah. By the time they start on site, they've got the job in their head, they know everything about it. So it's not like they're then getting the finalised documentation, being told they've won the tender and, hey, let's get building approval finalised, let's turn dirt in a few weeks. So... Yeah, They actually know this job inside out by the time they're ready to get on site. So,
0: And they know you as a person yeah, as well.
1: so it's going to cut down a huge amount of mistakes and, and lag time on trying to work out the job because they already know it inside out.
0: But also, yeah, the relationship side. Like if you're just going out and getting a heap of builders to tender and you've yeah. the cheapest one and you've never met the bloke yeah. or person, how do you know you're going to gel with them? Yeah. Well, you get on site and you've spending, say, you're doing a reno and you're spending even $500,000, like that's $500,000 you're trusting with a stranger.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't marry a stranger. So... Yeah. Like, well, some people do, but but, (laughs) (laughs) a few shows out there, shout out to (laughs) maths, but
0: yeah, you've got to invest in finding the right people for your project and getting the team together so that they can work because there's always hiccups on site. So you want to be able to have the builder to call the architect
1: or designer and go, hey, what's your vision for here or calling the client. Bit of a drama here. How do we sort of navigate this or working in that same direction?
0: Yeah, and we've sort of found that if you can get to know the client a bit better, it just makes the process a lot smoother as well you can give them a call here and there and say, hey, we've got this or what's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, yeah and you've sort of hopefully built up that trust both between the client and the builder yeah. on the way through this whole phase. So when they do ring you about something that may be a legitimate variation, you sort of have built up that trust so you don't automatically think that they're trying to pull the wool over your eyes and you know just stitch you up out of money.
0: Yeah, and also the fact that you spent time with them, you know how their business operates, you've seen how they operate, you've met their team, Yeah, the last thing you're going to go do is invest all this money and you don't have a clue about their business. You've just seen a number on a paper. Yeah. So going through that whole process, engaging them from the beginning is just the ideal setup and you're setting yourself up for success then.
1: Yeah, that's right. And just coming back to that as well, like the process, as we said, the design phase can take anywhere from 6 to 12 to 18 months depending on the project and the size of it. But then you take into account construction could be anywhere from six months to two years. yeah, And then after that, you've got 12 months of defect liability plus six and a half years of structural liability. Yeah, So you and the builder are tied together for could be from anywhere from six to eight years by the time you take into the design phase. So you want to make sure that if you get five years down the road and there's, for instance, a structural problem with the house that the builder is still in business and can come and chat to you about it and sort of look at a solution to fixing it if it is a defect.
0: Well, that's it. Yeah, just getting that relationship together and getting everybody on board from the beginning is just so paramount in success, I guess, and communication. Like going back to that point where if you've never met him before, how are you going to communicate with him? You just, you don't know. So getting on board and they work together with your designer and sort of we learn from each other as well because architects and designers don't know costings. They'll say they do, but... I've yet to see it, and that's not their fault. No, that's not what they're... They're great at doing what they do. And so the same as a lot of architects out there starting to get QSs involved or quantity surveyors. And with this changing market, I just think it's too dangerous. Like you're engaging someone who's probably got a commercial background or that's their training for that, and they're using standard
1: industry rates. Yeah, which are old because those rates are sort of documented once they have all the... By the time the catalog of rates comes out, it could be, you know, three, six months old. So you're already well behind the eight ball in terms of what things cost.
0: Yeah. And like I've said, I saw one recently where a building designer was like, I'll get a QS involved in your concept stage. And I sort of questioned why are you doing that? And they're like, well, they can sort of quote it. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't you get a builder? Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, it's just a great way to get a costing to see where it's at. And it's like... Well, yeah, but the builder can actually provide you an accurate cost.
1: Yeah, what's the point if it's not accurate? If it's not accurate, it's completely pointless.
0: And the thing is, they can't, a QS can't actually build a house. Like I understand QSs have their place. I just don't feel that it works in the residential space. And that's probably, probably get a few emails about that. But anyway, I think they're definitely great in commercial or multi tenancies or anything like that. But in a residential house, I think it's a waste of money. Why not? put that towards engaging a builder from the get-go so they're actually providing that same report that a QS can provide but they can actually sign a contract and you can build based on that and you know it's accurate they're putting their business behind that yeah
1: I think the QS is in residential terms on more simple homes like project style builders where where labor can be quantified in terms of lineal or square meterage rates like you know, it's this much to pre uh, yeah. wall frames, or it's this much to install a floor system, etc. I think the QS's can be semi-accurate in the residential space in those areas, but when you then start to talk about a raisin build or a, a high-level architectural spec house, where labour components cannot be quantified by a meterage rate, yeah, it's really about knowing or without um, even
0: seeing the existing house. Yeah,
1: it's really about. When you get into that style stuff, it, it is more accurate with the builder because the builder knows how they're going to build that house, have a good stab at how long it's going to take them. Generally, labour always costs more than what we allow, Yeah, but it is a lot more accurate. So
0: Yeah, so you just engage the right person for the right job and someone who can actually, I guess, back that up in a way that if you're getting a builder to quote it, they can actually build it. So it just makes sense to get them on board early and pay them to do the job instead of paying somebody else that's just going to give you a piece of paper with some line items on it. Yeah. And which, there's no, like, how do you know that's accurate? Yeah. And it's made us come unstuck a few times where QS has given a figure to the architect and the client and all, and they've progressed from the concept to documentation and then we get it and we're like, what is going on here? Like, we're four yeah. 400K off. And they're like, well, the QS said this. And I'm like, well, the QS is not building it. So yeah. they haven't taken into account... Anything that's changed in the market, they're just working on industry rates or especially in custom homes. There's no, I guess, set formula for it. And like you said, that's all square meterage on a brand new home or those sort of items, something that's repetitive. But in the residential renovation
1: game, there is no two homes that are the same unless they're exact same home. But there is no. Which comes, yeah, I guess comes back to the project model where yeah. they are replicatable. So those costs are sort of. Same, 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 apart from any changes in the market of materials and whatnot.
0: Yeah, so that's why getting a builder on board at the beginning to help guide that process will keep the design in in line and also help, and I hopefully help you keep you on track to get the project going ahead.
1: Yeah. So, I guess how do people work out? So they've decided they want to start a project, a renovation, or a new build. Yep. They need to find a designer and a builder that are going to work together. We'll I guess find ones. a builder that's got an architect they work with that they yep.
0: like, or a building designer. Yeah. See, it all depends on what style you want. Some people are attracted to a certain style. So that's why they've normally gone to that architect or building designer because they follow them on social media or they've seen one of their houses floating around. But other way around, if you've seen a builder that you like or you know a builder and then they've got a team that they work with and they sort of trust, then normally that's another way to find it. But either way, you engage both of them at the same time to then work together and catch up and sit down and go through it.
1: Yeah, I know we've mentioned this previously in other episodes, but probably one of the first things to ask your designer is how they know their design rates per square metre and just a few initial questions like that. And or how do they cost their projects? If they say, we've got no idea, fine, you need to find a builder to bring along. and At least find, they're being honest. Yeah, at least they're being <laughs> yeah. honest. And then ask them, are they happy to work with alongside a builder so that you can all sort of work together um, that'd actually be pretty refreshing for a building designer, architect yeah. to turn around and go. Say, I've got no. Oh, idea. I have
0: zero idea. Yeah. Let's get a builder on board from yeah. the beginning. That would be good. Yeah, that'd be like that. Architectural designer would be just killing it because every project would go ahead.
1: Yeah, let's try um, and find one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or so, you could
0: work with us and
1: yeah, or find yeah a company like us that have in-house design so yeah. that you know that they have that actual knowledge of construction methods and costing and. But there um, is actually a lot of the architects coming through now. I found more designers
0: that are actually wanting people to get builders engaged very early on, which is great to see. And that's why those sort of firms and studios are excelling. Yeah. And you see so many of their projects around the place because because they're not just concepts. They
1: just, they make them to construction. So be very wary of an architect if you look on their website and they only have concepts on there. Not a lot of magic to construction because that would probably lead me to believe that there's always budgetary issues.
0: Yeah, or well, either that or they're just not listening to what the client wants. Yeah. So normally, yeah, anyone that's doing in this field, the architects or designers that are doing well are the ones that are working with builders from the get go and got relationships and be very wary. Even I guess an architect or um, designer who isn't aligned with any builders, that's normally a pretty bad sign. Yeah. If builders don't want to work with a a designer. Yeah, there's there's a reason, unless they've just started out the new practice, yeah, there's a reason if someone's been around for a while and they don't have a builder that they've been working with over and over, that's sort of a red flag. And Um, then
1: again, if they do have a builder that they work with over and over, you can be pretty happy that you're going to get a good result because they're going back to that builder, they know they have good experiences and they have a track record together and You'll be able to see what they have actually built. Yeah, well they've got a
0: successful sort of collaboration going. So they're actually achieving what they set out to do. So the projects are getting off the ground. Yeah. Because so many times we see the projects not actually going ahead because of this issue where the correct process hasn't been followed. It's just designs being completed. DAs have been lodged, lodged and accepted, and building approvals been accepted and started. Yeah, and all interiors have been elevated and designed, and they haven't got a single costing. Yeah, and then they're like, "Oh, I don't know why we're four hundred k over," and it's like, "Well, what was the basis for the design and the costing and aligning it?" So that's why trying to get your team together and the right team to do that are doing their job working together. So. We could ramble on for hours. We could hours. ramble for hours. There's so many. But
1: uh, I think this will lead us into a few other good episodes too of sort of how to go through these these steps and make it all worthwhile.
0: Yeah, and we'll try and get a few architects on that we know take this approach and we've already had James on and he's really a big one on it and it's great to see that there's guys out there or there's studios out there that are wanting to work together because at the end of the day we're trying to just make sure the projects go ahead and that clients get what they're hoping and their dreams sort of fulfilled. So what do you reckon? A few more episodes of this, I think.
1: Yeah, I think the next stage you'll be talking about sort of once you've gotten into the quote and just the details of the quote. What should be in be, a quote, yeah. What should yeah. be in it, how clear it should be, scope of works, et cetera, so that you know that once you've actually started down the road on the costing path, just how to make sure that you've got everything included that you thought you were going to have and things like that. So.
0: Yeah, so probably the biggest bit of the takeaway today is engage a builder from the get-go. Yeah. And get your team in place at the very beginning.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: And get the conversation happening. Give us a call, Bluebird. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, hit subscribe. I think we'll be on YouTube soon as well. So, yeah, if you've got any topics you want covered, shoot us an email at info at bluebirddc.com.au.
1: Or hit us up on the Facebook group, Building with Bluebird. Yeah,
0: or Instagram, and then, yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye.